Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. Today we are starting a new series called Converted. This topic, I believe, is just as important as the identity is very, very, very important. And Rachel and I were talking, you know, this morning about this particular story that we're going to go into and this particular popular Bible character that we all have heard about and exploring different characters journey as they come into a deeper knowledge of who Christ is and what Christianity is and what their walk with the Lord means. And ultimately, how do we handle what God has called us to? Right. And then at the end of the day, how does your Christian walk and your Christian life Come together with your natural life so that they're one life that you're living. That's the way it's supposed to be. Right. And unfortunately, there's this connotation that oh, I'm a Christian over here, but then I do my Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday over here. And what God wants to do is he wants us to live one life with him so that all of you is dedicated and committed to the Lord. So the whole idea of conversion that I think, you know, not many people really talk about it. It's one of those processes that we go through in our walk with the Lord. That is the bridge to us coming into the fullness of our purpose. How do we deal with having uh, this calling of God on my life or having this purpose of God in my life and then actually doing it? And what are those things that stop us from believing in the ability of God to work through us? Right. Because there are some obvious things that we all deal with. Insecurities, these personal issues that we go through, our self image, how we see ourselves, um, whether we forgave ourselves or not. Right. Whether we walk. Exactly. Guilt, all this other stuff. All these things get in the way of us walking in the fullness of God. So this is what this series is going to do. We're going to break down the different things that keep us from walking in the freedom of God and what keeps us from walking into our purpose. The interesting thing about this is God already knows who you are and he already knows who he calls you to be. The only thing that's stopping us from being all that God called us to be is us. And it's what we think about ourselves. It's what we idolize or what we magnify over what God has said. You know, so walking in that newness, what does that look like and how can we address these issues so that at the end of the day, we will be converted. So when you Google converted. Mm-hmm. Let me read all of them. Or? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the act or process of converting a state of being converted, mm-hmm. a change in character, form or function, spiritual change from sinfulness to righteousness, a change from one religion, political belief, viewpoint to another a change of attitude, emotion, or viewpoint from one of indifference, disbelief, or antagonism to one of acceptance, faith, or enthusiastic support, especially such a change in a person's religion, a physical transformation from one material or state to another. I thought this definition was also good. 
having been adapted to be suitable for a new purpose. Right. So there's an aspect of us that God wants to adapt to himself so that we are suitable for the purpose that he called us to. Right. So when you first come to the knowledge of the Lord and you first get saved, you first become a Christian. That's not the end. Right. You're coming into a new understanding of your divine usefulness. So there is a purpose, a divine purpose that God has you breathing for. And coming into Christ and coming into the knowledge of your creator and into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ unlocks a realm of discovery that will cause you to now begin to uh, yearn and desire another depth of understanding of God. And in turn, a depth of God will cause you to desire to do something for God. But the problem is, what is it? Right. And that's why we have a lot of people who just try to just do stuff, but it's not really purpose filled. So we're doing things that may not necessarily be our calling, but we just want to do good deeds and do good things. And that's fine. But in my opinion, I think that that causes people to get burned out. I think that causes people to get hurt. That causes people to get discouraged. That causes people to appropriate a religiosity. Right. And and uh, and and that's where that, you know, mm-hmm. that spirit of legalism comes in where I'm just doing this because and duty. Exactly. Yeah. Which, you know, you, you unfortunately you don't get points for things that you do that you have not been commanded by God to do like, you know, or even reward it. Like right. That. Right. And, and that, that was that's a hard pill to it swallow is. for a lot of people. It and is. that was a lesson, a hard lesson that I had to learn yeah. growing up in church. You know, you a, a lot of times and I don't think it's done intentionally necessarily, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there is emphasis put on duty. Mm-hmm. There is. And it's a lot of times under the guise of faithfulness. And while that is true, there is a level of faithfulness. It's paired with duty. And along with that comes the entitlement that you get from doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But you don't get you don't get any brownie points for that. <laughs> and, that, and that, to be honest with you, and it's kind of like you'll hear God say, well, I mean, that was nice that you did that, but I didn't call you to do that. So that was like on you. And yeah, people said, thank you. Oh, you're so wonderful. You did great. Thank you so much. But God is like, well, I actually called you to do this. And then we have to think about why we decide to do what we do. Right. Is it because that's the easy way? Is that because that's a convenient thing to be obedient about? But when God says, you know, go to your family and tell them about me or forgive your parents or forgive whatever, that's what you're called to do, which will trigger a deeper purpose. But no, we, we don't do that because that's too hard. So Luke 22 verses 31 and 32. Uh, this is going to be a very familiar to some of you, but we pray that you see it with fresh eyes today. And as we go into this devotional, that we will um, allow the Lord to speak to us and show us ourselves in a deep way so that we can all grow in our relationship with the Lord, no matter how long we've been walking with him. All right. So Luke 22, verses 31 and 32 in the Amplified says, Simon, Simon, Peter, listen, Satan has demanded permission to sift all of you like grain. But I have prayed especially for you, Peter, that your faith and confidence in me may not fail. And you, once you have turned back again to me, strengthen and support your brothers in the faith. Okay, so this is a very familiar, um, very familiar verse. And this is actually happening 
towards the end of Jesus' life. Like this is towards the end of Luke. So this is like right when Jesus is getting ready to get crucified. So this is right before Passion Week, which we just um, dealt with. And it's interesting because when you look at Peter, right, Peter was an ordinary guy. Like this is the thing that I think we need to just start at. All these people in the Bible, the disciples and all these people had families. They was regular people. They were regular people like us that God had a special purpose for. So I think first we need to level the playing field with this, you know, like when we say God has a purpose, it sounds like it's something extraordinary, right? Or like beyond our reach or beyond something, you know, natural. The fact that these were fishermen, these were it's a tax collector, they were just regular people doing regular things. And Jesus, God in the flesh, comes and calls them and asks them, come and follow me for a little bit. And they agree. This is how the relationship starts. There's an invitation. Then there's an acceptance of an invitation. And the relationship that develops through that commitment or that the dynamics of that calling, you become something. Depending on the posture, your respect for the person who invited you and all that. That's how we come into relationship. So walking with God is a daily thing, right? Coming into your purpose is a discovery that we make, but it's not something that is that far above us. So Peter, regular guy, regular guy with a personality, regular guy with, you know, we all know he had anger problems. He was a hothead. You know, he was impulsive. You know, this is a regular guy, right? A regular dude that had come into a knowledge of Jesus Christ, that had witnessed Jesus ministry, that had witnessed miracles. Witness amazing wisdom, like seeing him casting out demons, just seeing him doing just just seeing being amazing. Right. But there was still something about Peter personally that needed to happen in order for Peter to discover who the Lord created Peter to be. So at this particular point, Peter is a follower of Jesus. He's a disciple. He accepted the invitation and he's walking with Jesus He's listening to Jesus teaching. He's watching what Jesus is doing. He's doing all this. But the key here is Jesus is not going to always be with him in the way that he is now. Eventually, the roles are going to switch. Jesus is going to get crucified. Jesus is going to rise from the dead. Jesus is going to be ascended and go back to heaven. And he's going to charge all these people who were with him to keep the ministry going in the earth. And to basically be who he is and be who he was, greater works shall you do in the earth. Right. So the problem is or the question is, how do we get from walking with Jesus to doing what Jesus did and then dealing with who we are? Like, how do we get from walking with Jesus, being saved, going to church, listening to the word, uh, seeing the miracles, praying, doing all that to actually doing what the Lord called us to do when we have to still contend with who we are, who we're not, our past, our fears, our deficiencies. How do we get through that? That process, by our definition, is conversion. That process is called being converted, being changed from who you were and being adapted for a new purpose. Okay. So this verse here, Simon, Simon, 
Behold, Satan has demanded to have you that he might sift you as wheat. What's an amazing thing about this is the first line says Satan has demanded. Okay, the version that you read, babe, says Satan has demanded permission, Permission. which means once you belong to the Lord, anything that the enemy tries to do to you, he must get permission from the Lord to even come near you. And this is why we talked about identity and why it was so powerful and so important for us to know who we are in Christ. Because when we know who we are in Christ, we'll have more peace in understanding that good times, bad times, whatever happens to me, it was given permission by God for a greater purpose. Now that takes a lot of faith yeah. to believe that. That takes a lot of uh, confidence in God to receive that. Like, he demanded. That means <laughs> that means Satan said, "Nah, I want Peter. No, you're going to give me Peter. But he has no power to take Peter, just like he has no power to take you. God has to uh, and God, you, gotta, you have to see God constantly intervening in your life. You have to be able to see in the eyes of faith that God is constantly blocking the attempts of the enemy to destroy you. Blocking the attempts of the enemy to discourage you. And the only way that the enemy succeeds in that is if your will is not lined up with what God wants. Because a lot of times we can give the enemy access to ourselves when God is standing in the way. Right. Right. So God is blocking, but we are ignorant to his attempts to protect us. So we go out in our own way and God respects your free will. He loves you so much that he gave you a choice and he's not going to ever undermine that choice. But we have to understand through the eyes of faith that Satan demanded permission to have you. But Jesus says, I have already prayed for your faith. That I have already prayed for you that your faith will not fail Because the enemy wants to sift you. Now, all of this is happening unbeknownst to Peter, right? It's not like Peter got a telegram from the forces of darkness. I'm trying to, I'm going to get you, Peter. I'm going to sift you. No, but you know how we get sifted? Circumstance. Problems. Storms. Vices. Unresolved issues. Then we got stuff that we deal with. Fear, things that cause us to make emotional decisions. All that stuff is stuff that wars against us and buffets us as we're trying to walk this thing out. So it's funny, right? Peter is with Jesus, but still the enemy is trying to sift him in the presence of the Lord. So it doesn't even matter if you're a Christian or not or you're saved. There's still going to be. That's and that's what I was going to say. Like Peter is one of my favorite Bible characters like ever because He's just so real and authentic. Yep. What you see is really what you're getting. That's him. Yep. <laughs> but um, I think he, he he as a figure speaks to the complexities of all of us, mm-hmm. really, and the duality that we experience in being able to how he was able to walk with Jesus, like you said earlier, walk with Jesus, experience the miracles that he did, watched him. He was able to speak with him and he was one of the closest ones mm-hmm. to Jesus. So he yeah. was getting things that even the other disciples weren't getting. So he was able to do all of that and still deny him and still 
be sifted or be able to be in a position to be sifted yeah. just speaks to that constant struggle that mm-hmm. we are faced with and probably will always face mm-hmm. to some degree because we're human mm-hmm. where we can experience God and experience Jesus and know without a shadow of a doubt, okay, he can deliver me because he did it before. Mm-hmm. Or I experience his life-changing power in my life before mm-hmm. and then you still turn away for whatever reason, you still turn away. And in the scripture, he said, just like Peter, the devil is demanding permission to sift you through circumstances, through whatever. But when you turn back to me, Mm -hmm. so that's what we're dealing with. The fact that the the turning back. Yeah. Right. But the fact that he turned away in the first place. Right. And see, this is the thing. This was crazy about this. So just for backdrop here with this, Jesus is basically foretelling the fact that Peter is getting ready to say he never knew Jesus before. Now, think about how insulting that is, right? Like you said, babe, Peter is, I mean, he's probably one of the most, like when you see the band of disciples coming in, he's the one that you're going to probably have heard of. Like, you're not going to say some of the disciples that you like, like uh, Bartholomew, right? Like, you're not going to think, oh, that's Bartholomew. He's not one of the ones that stands out. But Peter was, was, Peter did some stuff, right? So he was known, he was loud, he was just, just how he is, right? But Think about how insulting this is, even to Peter. The fact that, listen, the devil's trying to sift you, Peter. Okay, and to take it even further, you're gonna—they're gonna take me. They're gonna take me. I'm about to be crucified, and this little girl is gonna push your button so much that you're gonna cuss and say you never knew me. Now Peter's like, no, <laughs> no, that—that—that's probably Bartholomew. That's probably Judas. That's probably all the other ones. That's not me. I love you, and I believe him. I, I love you. I, 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 I'm, I gave my, I, I, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I love the Lord. I, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe there's something special about you. But when the right circumstance comes and the right issue comes, that's what proves the level of conversion that we're at. Right. So there's another level of understanding, of embracing, of commitment that conversion speaks to. So. Peter's probably, his pride is bruised. And he's like, what? It ain't me. I'm going to die with you, Lord. So then Jesus smiles at him and says, that, I, I, know, I know what you think. But before this rooster crows, you will have de- denied me three times in the same night. You're going to tell these people that you never knew me three times. Not once, not twice, but three times you will have said You don't know me. You never knew me. And that makes us think about our walk with the Lord. That makes us think about our own personal journey when the right situation came up in our lives. And I won't say that we weren't saved because we can't say that. We can't say that we didn't have a relationship with God. I think this speaks to the fact that whether we want to claim it. I think this speaks to the fact that whether we want to fully acknowledge it while acknowledging what we... um, what it's costing us. And I think there's an acquaintance that's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a level of knowing yeah. because he's walked with him. Right. You can't walk with somebody and not know them. To a degree. Like, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's an acquaintance that he had and we have. But it took an experience like this mm-hmm. for Peter. And, and sometimes I believe God allows us to get to a place where we experience something And we see what's really inside of us Mm. and we see, Mm. oh, I don't really believe Mm -hmm. the way I 
claimed to believe or I thought I believed. I was going to church. I was mm-hmm. in the choir. I was, you know, doing whatever I was doing in church. But the right circumstance came and mm-hmm. what was really in me came out and I found out I don't really believe. Yeah. I don't really believe what I'm saying I believe. Mm-hmm. So God will allow us to get to the brink of something that will cause us to really realize where we really are. And that is where true conversion comes in because mm-hmm. the experience that we've gained. See, Peter was walking with Jesus and I believe he was sort of hiding behind the power yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. Because the demand wasn't put on him. The demand was, mm-hmm. Jesus was walking. He, he mm-hmm. was doing miracles. Mm-hmm. So he, he wasn't necessarily having, he was just having to, you know, hold Jesus' bag like an <laughs> adjutant. You know, he was holding his Bible for him and, 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 and making sure, you know, he was there to catch the people when they fell out. Right. But when the demand was put on him, then that's when the true colors were shown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oftentimes with us. When the demand is put on us, we realize what really is inside of us. And then that's when true conversion either takes place or we, you know, walk away and never come back. I love how you, I love how you put that. This hitting rock bottom, so to speak, it could actually be the very thing that is needed to show us who we really are. Right. To expose what we are really dealing with inside that is being masked by the position that we're in, in our relationship. I think that's powerful. And it's so true. We have situations, all of it, all of us have had it where, all right, God, you know what? I'm done with this. I th- if I was to say how many times I said that in my Christian walk, in my mind, in my heart, Lord, forget this. Yep. This is not what they said it would be. Absolutely. What is this? And the, the amazing thing about God is God doesn't come and pat you on your back and say, yeah, I know. He just he just sits on the throne as God and lets us go through this process because God knows he's true. He knows he's true. So he lets us work through all of our truths in quotes and work through all of our facts and work through all of our stuff and our little kitty minds compared to him and our little kitty perspective. Let us have our tantrum and then sits on the throne and then asks us questions like, where were you when I formed the earth? Who walks the seafloor? Who waters the the vegetation on islands that you guys can't get to? Who waters that grass over there? And all we can say is, oh, okay. All right. Let me just sit down and calm down. So God allows us to go through these things and it's normal. Let's normalize it, right? It's normal to have struggles in your faith. Which is why Jesus says, I'm praying that your faith doesn't fail. Right. I'm praying for you that your faith doesn't fail. He didn't say I'm praying for you that you don't fail. He didn't say, Peter, I'm praying for you that you don't fail, that you don't quit. He said that your faith doesn't because there's times where we fail, but our faith is what makes us get up. So having your faith fortified when your flesh falls, a Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, but gets back up. Righteous people fall every single day, multiple times, but it's the faith that makes us get back up. It's our faith that makes us look past all of those things that we struggle with and we will continue. Hold on. Let's be real. There's going to be things that we're going to have to wrestle with until we die and get to heaven. 
Let's just be real. We just got to be real now. Like there's going to be some struggles that are not going to fall off of you. That you're going to have to work and resist to the point of blood. Like the Bible says, have you resisted to the point of blood? There's going to be things that you're going to have to buffet yourself. You're going to have to beat yourself down and make yourself do. For some of us, it's forgiveness. For some of us, it's looking at yourself as worthy. For some of us, it's going past insecurities, getting the words that were put in our heads of you're not going to be nothing all that. That's going to be a fight that you're going to have to face every single day of your life while you're walking with God. And it's your fortified faith, not in yourself. But in Christ, that's going to cause you to have that overcoming power that you can walk into the new purpose that God has called you to. So he prayed that his faith fail not. And then he says something powerful here, right? Jesus was not intimidated by Peter's denial. Like Jesus didn't hold a grudge. It's crazy because the Bible says at the third time when Peter denies him, that just happened to be the moment that Jesus was coming by and they met eyes. And the Bible says Peter ran away and wept bitterly and then decided to say, I'm going fishing. I'm forget all this. I'm leaving all of y'all. I'm going back to my old job. Forget this. Jesus, the last thing that Peter sees is Jesus going to the cross. Going to trial. And Jesus does not hold that against Peter. He tells Peter here, yes, you're going to have a moment. You're going to deny me. You're going to mess up right now. You're going to play me. You're going to say you never knew me. Not you don't know me. Like, oh, who's Jesus again? I never met him before. That's what you're going to say. You're going to say, I never met him before. I never walked on water with him before. I never seen him heal nobody. I never heard him preach. I never knew him. That's what you're going to say. But I'm not going to hold that against you because when you are converted and you get to a place of fully embracing who you know me to be, regardless of what the situation brings to you that would tempt you to say you don't know me. Once you get to that place of courage, of boldness, of maturity, strengthen your brothers. Because your brothers are going to be going through this thing secretly. Some of your brothers are going to wish they never met me because it just changed the whole dynamic of their life. But because you're going through this raw time, strengthen them when you come out of this. Jesus basically told him, you're going to come out of this. He said, I've prayed for your faith. It's not going to fail you. When you come back around to your senses, I'm asking you to do something. Walk in your purpose. It just speaks to the fact that we're working. It was in Ephesians when mm -hmm. we were talking about how the purpose of what we're doing is, you know, as one body, we're working for the mm -hmm. success of the whole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the same thing, you know, can be said about this. You know, Jesus is telling him, when you turn back to me. Like when you come to your senses or when you realize you can't do it on your own and in your own strength. And when you realize I am the only way, once you get to that place, save someone else. Mm -hmm. Go back, reach for someone else that is experiencing the same things you did, because there's certain things that only I can speak to because mm -hmm. that's the struggle I had. If, yeah. if, if you, you struggled with whatever you struck, whatever vices or whatever things that you struggle with that held you, uh, uh, held, um, you were in bondage to mm -hmm. or held you captive. captive yeah. 
then that's what you speak to when you you go and reach for someone else. But the point is, strengthen your brother Mm -hmm. because the greater good, the success of the whole is all of us. So I think it just speaks to the purpose of why we experience what we experience. It's not, you know, the things that I experienced growing up in church is not for me to say that I'm a church baby and I've (laughs) I've been in this all my life. Right. Like all hainty and... No, it's for me to help someone else, Mm -hmm. both in church and out, to avoid certain traps, avoid certain things and help help other people grow because I've been there. Yeah. So, you know, it just speaks to the the purpose and the reason. Yeah. And that's how we have to live. There's a dual responsibility, like you're saying, babe, to uh, be be committed to God. But also to be committed to the responsibility of caring for our fellow men. And they go together. God is also looking at how we live amongst each other, how we are learning of the Lord and then helping to free other people. It's just as important. It's just as important. So that's that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. So looking at this and looking at Peter here, we see that the Lord is the one that's holding on to this relationship. And I think if we were to encapsulate this whole idea of a commitment to God, right? The commitment was initiated by God. It's being held together by God, right? And even if we stray, even if we have moments where it's like, God, I don't know, man. This is crazy. I I don't know. I don't know that the Lord is still holding on to us. The powerful thing about this particular story is Jesus rises from the dead and he says, all right, go tell my disciples and Peter to meet me in Galilee. Right. When he appears to the disciples. Right. He specifically points out Peter. Right. He says his disciple, but he says. And Peter. And Peter. Go tell my disciples and Peter. Well, I thought Peter was a disciple. Why would Jesus say Go tell my disciples and Peter. That's because Peter didn't think he was a disciple anymore. Peter crossed his name out of the disciples list because he denied the Lord. That speaks to a whole lot of things. And this is kind of the the issues that we're going to deal with in this series. What causes us to cross our name off the list? Because Jesus didn't cross it off. Jesus never crossed it off. Jesus told him he was going to be on the list before he even did what he did. So we do these things to to disqualify ourselves from something that we're entitled that like the Lord is not. And this is why I'm this is what we're trying to say this way. And I got to close my eyes on this part because this is what the enemy does to us. He makes us forfeit stuff that's ours. He makes us give up stuff that belongs to us. And God has impassioned us to encourage each and every one of us who are walking with the Lord to stop living beneath your privilege and to stop. Allowing the enemy to steal stuff from us that is already ours. Jesus didn't kick him out of the disciples club. He left. Peter left. And Jesus says, go tell my disciples and Peter to meet me in Galilee. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. And your denial and your sin and your issues are not to be something That keeps you away from walking in that purpose, because if it does keep you away, it's your fault because you are using that 
as an excuse or you're allowing that thing to make itself bigger than God's acceptance of you. And we were talking this morning about um, how Peter was the only one after Jesus was resurrected that he out of the disciples that had a personalized experience with when Jesus appeared on the shore. That was a personal encounter that only Peter shared with Jesus or that Jesus shared with Peter rather. Yeah. So his last memory of Jesus was sort of that conviction that he felt from sinning, Mm -hmm. right? The mistake he made by denying denying him. Mm -hmm. That was his last memory pre-resurrection. But after Jesus died and rose and was resurrected, the first memory he has of him is of him appearing to him Mm -hmm. and getting him out of where he was. Yeah. So Jesus went and appeared to him on the shore and said, you're not lost. You're not going to just retreat back to and revert back to who you were before mm-hmm. you came to me. I'm coming to get you. Yeah. Amen. So now that I've appeared to you now feed my sheep. Yeah. Do what I told you to do. Yeah. And all, like you said, we disqualify ourselves because we, we sin, because we fall, we make mistakes yep. and we say, I, I, I can't do this. Yep. this I, 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 I'm, I'm not called. I, 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 there's no way. And all of us experience it. Of course we, we do. You yes, know, like yes, yes. firsthand. Yes. And Jesus is saying, no, I'm appearing to you personally to pull you out so that you can go strengthen your brother. Yeah, that's awesome. And notice the way Jesus did that was he was like, all right, Peter, hold on a minute. Sit down. Do you love me? He, he, made, he made Peter go back into that place, that place that was broken. Like, I must not love the Lord because if I loved him, then I couldn't, then I wouldn't deny him. No, no he asked him. He asked him that question the same amount of times he denied him. <laughs> so the Lord is basically negating all of the denials that he did. He's negating it then. I don't know Jesus. Peter, do you love me? Lord, I love you. I never knew him. Peter, do you love me? Yes. Lord, I love you. I never seen that man before. Peter, do you love me? Lord, why do you keep asking me this question? You know that I love you. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, strengthen your brothers. Now we have to get to the place of being willing to receive that. Right. And that means sometimes working past the issues that we deal with inside when we look in the mirror, who we are and our worthiness and our our deficiencies and all that stuff. So in this series, we're going to continue on and look a little deeper at those things on our road to conversion, on our road to coming into God's purpose that would cause us to doubt who God has called us to. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for yet another session, another time to come together and hear from you, God, and hear what's on your heart and mind, God. Lord, we ask that as we receive what you've said and we've heard, God, and listened, we pray, God, that you would help us to truly internalize it and truly live by it daily, oh God. Mm. Lord, we realize that even though we've come to a knowledge of you 
there's a conversion that still needs to take place, God. Mm. So I pray, God, that in these coming weeks, you will help us as we listen and and receive that we will take the steps. Lord, I pray, God, for the state of our hearts and our minds, even in this season, as this season has continued, God. Your word says to be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to you, God, and your peace, Mm. the peace that passed all understanding. I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, to truly be anxious for nothing and to come to you with thanksgiving and let our requests be made known to you, God, but knowing that you have us and that we are in the palm of your hands and that you are taking care of every need that we have, spiritual, emotional, financial, and physical, oh God. I pray for mercy for when we fall short. I pray for grace to endure the things that we can't change. I pray for your favor to be able to obtain the things that we can't on our own, God. I pray these things in Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by what we shared. You can follow us at Sunday Devotionals on Instagram and like us on Facebook where we can continue our discussions and keep in touch. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.